What's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Obsession. I'm Carl Duffy. I am Mike Stadler. Mike. Yes, sir. I know you don't even know what we're going to come at, but I'm going to toss this one. I know it's something new we're doing. This though. is something new, yeah. <laughs> when is the best time to start putting in my bedding areas from Thomas? False. Oh. Correct. It wasn't true. <laughs> when is the best time? Well, there are. There's, there's times that are better than others, depending on what you're going to do for a bedding area. What's your, what's your definition of doing a bedding area, Thomas? You know, let's start with what most people think of bedding areas when we're going to put bedding areas. <clears throat> TSI. That's what they think, right? So his, his question is putting in a bedding area? Yeah. Think so, about... Yeah. So existing or actual, like, trying to get a bedding area established? I guess there's two tips too that could be either one of them. Well, Seth, well, we'll address both. How's that sound? Okay. So, making the bedding areas better that you know you have currently. Number one is go out on your property and assess where the deer have been bedding. So, currently it's January here in southern Wisconsin. So, it's a really good time to go walk the bedding areas, check out where the deer were bedding. And uh, educate yourself on what the deer were doing on your property last year for the season, even though it's still season here in Wisconsin. It is. Them off. It is. Um, at that point, when you get to where it is, say you find five or six beds, so you know now you know it's a doe bedding area. Seven, ten, twelve, whatever it might be. Look around and look and ask yourself, well, what can I do to make this better for the deer? Especially if it's someplace you want those deer to be bedding. Yeah. Uh, thermal cover. Correct. Yes. That's a big one. <laughs> you know, so here at Mike's, what'd you do? Planted pines. Yes. Um, no, we're, you know, we're talking pines now that are, our branches and needles are starting not too far off the ground. Right. I think a lot of people overlook that in a bedding area. Yeah, yeah. Thermal cover is all the way down. Yes. I know that's another part of it, but because yeah. <laughs> the, the hinge cutting, TSI cutting is all is huge part of it. So you know, remember, I don't think people look at it from a deer's uh, eye level. No. Because remember what what sets your waist mm -hmm. is a is what a deer sees. Um, so hinge cutting is awesome. So, but when you're hinge cutting now, you are, you are doing that for somewhat of your bedding, mm -hmm. but more for um, woody browse. Yeah, promoting browse yeah. and growth at head level for these deer. Yeah, in these their bedding areas. areas. In their bedding areas. Yep. That's what you're hinge cutting for. No, yes, it does give you some cover, mm -hmm. um, but that all goes away. Yep. Because. After the leaves, are, the leaves are eaten and they fall off, it doesn't matter anymore. Right. That's when you're doing your drops. Yep. So, but your drops have to be in the right spots. Correct. To cover what's going to be open underneath, you know, the hinge cuts. Well, yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> you know. and yeah, that, and the regrowth on it right on those yeah. stumps. Yeah. Which, God, this is a huge question. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so, okay, I'll go back to the thermal cover. So the thermal cover here yeah. on my property, um, my bedding is 
really on the north side of a ridge, which sounds odd. People are like, they don't bet on the north side of a ridge. Incorrect. <laughs> they bet on the north side of the ridge. Yep. They always have since I bought this property. So I had that bedding area mostly there. Yeah. It was there, they, that's what they used. So I used that to my advantage. Mm -hmm. I stayed out of there. I literally, in the time that I've owned this property, been in there a handful of times. Mm -hmm. Only because I'd go in there and get a deer out. Yep. And I murdered. Yep. Murdered. <laughs> you are you know, rancid. Or, you know, we shed hunted a couple times. Yeah. Late. Um, assessing the property late was the only times I've really been in there. But we found that obviously, no, okay, being on the north side of the ridge, what do you get? Wind. Wind. North, northwest wind. Mm -hmm. So we need thermal cover. Mm -hmm. The deer now are laying, obviously, on the ground. So you need something to block that cold air coming in. Now, even when you have, you know, have TSI hinge cut trees and everything, it blocks some of it. Mm -hmm. But if you're dropping them how we think you should drop them, yep. there's lanes yep. where these deer are going to bed in and out. So the thermal cover here is huge. We're doing it, trying to stop that wind from blowing in and getting them up out of those beds. Because every time they got to get out of those beds, why are they getting out of the bed? Feed. Feed. Yep. They're cold. Yep. How does the deer stay warm? Eats. Eats. So again, now you need even more food yeah. to sustain deer bedding on your property hence in the winter the, months. Hence the hinge cutting, yes. because they're eating nothing but woody grouse. Right. You know, um, and that, and that's a really really good point and really <clears throat> important point is the thermal cover, and then you know the aspect of cutting trees completely down, which Mike touched on. You cut certain types of trees too, yes. because basically what happens is the roots are still working, so they send out shoots, yeah. and all these shoots are actually, especially in the you know come springtime, late fall, whatever, when they're feeding it or when they're feeding on woody grouse, this is food for the deer, and the less they have to move, the less energy they have to utilize, the less energy they have to utilize, the better off they are because they're not getting a ton of nutrients from eating woody grouse, the better chance they have of making it through the winter. All of that being said, pine trees are not woody grouse. Even though in northern Wisconsin they will eat pine, but they, get, they almost get zero yeah. they almost get zero nutrients from that. So, you know, they're looking for the woody grouse. Hence the hinge cutting. Hence the complete cutoffs. And like Mike said, you have to create corridors for these deer to bet. Now, a deer doesn't want to have, it doesn't like to be confined. It wants escape routes, you know? Um, if somebody was trying to come and kill you, you'd want escape routes too. So that's, that's how you have to look at it. Uh, the other thing you don't really want to do is be overlapping a lot of these trees. Don't just take like a circle area and drop 10 trees on top of itself because now that space in the middle that's rabbit space. Yeah, they can't get to it. Deer aren't going in there. They bend on the edges of that. <clears throat> so it's like every 10, 15, 20 yards, yeah. no, you, know, you drop not, a tree or hit. Yeah, now you push them out. Right. To you, the outsides of that. Yeah. And they and realize they're gonna they're they're communal animals anyway. You know, right now bucks are grouping up with bucks, does and fawns stay with does and fawns. Uh, younger bucks might be with the does and fawns, but bigger deer usually. Bucks are bucks, does are does. <clears throat> uh, currently. That all changes, obviously, during the rut. But 
That being said, um, does will bed, you know, six, eight antlerless deer in one area, but they don't have to be next to each other, they're not humans. If they can see each other or smell each other, they feel comfortable. They don't have to, they don't have to be like laying next to each other like humans are. Um, matter of fact, most of the time, the only time you'll see a deer laying next to another deer is if it's a doe and a fawn from that, or a buck tending a doe. Otherwise, they're 5, 10, 15 feet away from each other. So that's all important. Hence why Mike was saying, you know, you know, cut a tree down here at such and such direction and then hinge cut another tree, you know, 8 or 10 yards away from it and maybe keep them parallel and then go another 10 or 15 yards and make the next set of the same thing perpendicular to the parallel group. And what that does is it creates, and you're going to take, don't take a huge piece of property and do this. You know, take, I don't know, what, 50 yards, 40 yards, but 40 yards, 50 yards, but 50 yards. You know, Mike's got an area I think is right around seven acres that he doesn't go into, but it's not like that whole area is down trees. They're, they're uh, pockets. That's what I was going to say. What you're making is pockets for these deer to be in. Right. You know. Because um, you want separate groups. You do. And you... And how we, you know, how Carl's saying how to drop these trees is how we drop the trees. We keep them, we keep their movement so it has to go from one way to the other, which now allows us to hunt them, one, yep. and access and exit right. around that area. One thing I want to add to that, what we're talking about right now, like what Mike's, like Mike's explaining is, I always want to put my outer edges of my bedding areas parallel with property lines and entrance and exits. Why? Because I have more cover for me, and if it's parallel, it prevents the deer from wanting to cross out over my property line. Basically, I'm taking my deer and directing their movement. Yeah. So if I can get them to just kind of circle on my property, provide them with everything they need, I'm winning. So that's something also to remember. Don't, don't put your, your hinge cuts perpendicular to your property line unless you want your deer to cross your property line. And that's what we did here. We right. dropped, not perpendicular. They're parallel. We dropped them parallel yeah. in the bedding area that we already had mm -hmm. and put those pockets in. Yep. In there. And it works phenomenal. It does. It works great. Um, and also what that does, like Carl's talking, is people understand like how much you open that canopy, how much uh, really cutting these trees out and hinge cutting these trees the energy that goes back into the ground underneath there mm -hmm. that promotes all that undergrowth yep. and stuff coming up later that they will browse in and bed in um, and it takes a few years it does so don't think you're gonna you're gonna hinge cut and drop trees and also there better be deer you know that's why when people uh, have their property logged and unknowingly are creating better deer habitat yeah so um, we've seen it quite a yeah, few times yeah here's a for instance um, our lease when the tornado came through. That was a big one. I mean, Mike and I spent days cutting up trees. That's how bad it was. It, I mean, days. It destroyed from the looks. Oh yeah. Of it to what it did, you know, to the trees, to the woods. I think it was the next year or the year after that, we started seeing a lot of big, big. It, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, that's one. Uh, the other one that I remember distinctly is the neighbor down at my brother-in-law's place. 
they had an oak cut and it was big open oak timber they came in and the neighbors had their oaks cut you know slut cut and they left all the tops on that thing and very next year that started to get all the undergrowth and stuff berry bushes and stuff it was phenomenal hunting for the next four or five years we've seen it again at my buddy's house where we used to hunt yes when they logged that yeah that became you know huge travel corridor oh yeah big time for the deer yep you know, and they started to bed in there actually a little bit yep but and that's what you created here yeah that's a big deal um, and that's what you're going to see Mike and I creating uh, on my property this year too. I have some really good bedding areas that we might enhance a little bit, but I don't think there's a lot we can do in some of that um, because it is that good right now. And then there's other spots where we're going to create yep. bedding closer for the does to bring our does closer to our food to allow more room for our bucks, depth of cover again, which you hear us talk about all the time. Yeah, so I mean, you know, bedding improvements involves lots of things which Sometimes you cut trees down and you add trees at the same time. Correct. Which people are like, How are you, why are you cutting trees down and then adding trees? Because you need thermal cover. Yeah. As well as woody brows and, you know, canopy opening. Yep. Stuff like that. It's, and you'll see us do that here at Mike's <coughs> this year too. We're going to be adding more, obviously, we're going to be adding more conifers into his woods. Yes. But you'll see me talk about it too. I'm going to tell you guys a real easy way to do it here quick is, is uh, let's just say you're going to go create that bending area. Uh, there's a lot of hardwoods in there, whether it be elms or, you know, whatever it is, or oak or hickory or whatever, you're going to hinge, like, hinge cut some stuff. When you hinge cut that tree, at the same time, take some white pines or blue spruce or some white, white spruce and plant them around the outer edges of where those tree limbs are, okay? And tuck them in, you know, where the deer aren't going to be able to get to them. You know, white pine and blue, or white spruce and blue spruce deer aren't going to eat. Uh, they're a good side covered thing but they also they'll grow inside a shaded partially shaded wood um, and what that'll do is in the next five to ten years do nothing but help your thermal cover um, they don't grow really fast when they don't get a lot of sun which is okay which is okay but that's going to provide that side cover thermal cover for the deer in the future and it does nothing but promote your food or your uh, bedding area and that's really really important when you go and start doing this stuff there's a few things we're going to do here. Oh yeah, that we talk about. And you don't, you don't need rows and rows of them. No. You can plant, you know, like we're saying, you know, you go in and you do some hinge cutting and some TSI cutting, and you take maybe take three mm -hmm. trees, and I just build a lot. Yeah. Well, here's a fine example. So last year, uh, if you guys watch our stuff, you know that Mike Mike puts in some of these bigger. Um, uh, conifers because he has an opportunity to get them for a good price um, and so we were putting those in and we put in what was there six down there seven down there you put in there five right there yep. and then one out by the food plot or two out by the plot yep. you can see on the camera when you did the fan shot yes guess where Mike shot his deer last year yeah right in that line of trees going down there correct because the deer immediately noticed it mm -hmm. and started utilizing that and that's where you killed the yep. flyer Yes. So that tells you exactly how good it can be if you do it properly. Now, when to do this? So there's going to be many opinions on it. Currently, it's January in Wisconsin. It can get really, 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 really cold. I would not recommend hinge cutting right now. 
for this particular reason. Number one, the sap is frozen into the tree. So you, when you go to make your hinge cut, and the tree is actually brittle, it, it's not going to flex, you know. Uh, although it has been fairly warm for our, our January here, but usually it's pretty cold and it looks like it's going to be cold coming up here. Um, if you cut that and, the, and a hinge cut starts to roll over, if it's brittle, it's just going to break completely off. And then you just defeated the purpose. Defeated your whole purpose <laughs> of hinge cutting. But right now would be a good time to drop trees. Yep. You know, because all your energy is down in the roots. So if you drop the top half of the tree, let's just say for me, I've got a lot of maple on my property which are notorious for sending up 10 to 15 shoots off of a stump. If I cut one right now, this spring, it'll send 10 to 15 shoots up, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to drop some trees right now, it wouldn't be a bad time. I wouldn't recommend hinge cutting until probably March or April, probably more March, late March, when, you, when the temperatures are in that 35 to 40 range. Yeah, otherwise you do it right, right at the beginning of December. Yeah, you can do it then. You can do it in the summer, yeah. um, but late summer. So we're talking uh, late August, early September, which is close to both season, just like the square. What was it? Uh, a few months from now. Uh, yeah. But um, that's the other time you can hinge cut and it'd be semi-productive. Although you're gonna blow deer off your property, it usually takes, what, two to four weeks for them to come back. Yeah, come back. So, your choice. Me, I'm more of a... Yeah early spring guy. You know, if you need some help with these ideas, <laughs> you can get a hold of us. That's true. It is something that we're starting to do. Uh, if people are interested, we can help you set up, you know, how you do this and where you do this. Because um, we've done it, we've experienced it, so um, that's another option for everybody out there. Right, you can, <coughs> you can email me direct or Mike, but email me direct at rushoutdoorswi at gmail.com. We can set up a time, talk about price and what you want to do. We're trying to keep the properties 100 acres or less. We might do a property or two that's in that 120 to 150 range if you guys want us to do that. Uh, we've been approached by quite a few people, so uh, obviously we're booking up. But uh, depending on the property size, you're looking at $1,000 to 1500 bucks. And it's just set up only. We're not doing the work for you. No. We'll lay everything out for you, stand positions. Food plot positions, talk about entry, exit routes, uh, winds that you can hunt each stand on, morning and evening stands, uh, there's a lot to it. But other than that, I think that pretty much covered, covered the question. I think so. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, get a chance, remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just touch the reaper here in the lower right hand corner. Uh, like I said, the small property layout stuff, all the information that we'll be giving out for free for our small property layouts and what, we, what we're doing to our properties to make them better. That'll start here probably in February, uh, starting on uh, Wednesdays. So you're going to be able to see that. We've filmed a bunch of stuff already. We've got some really cool projects here at Mike's property we already started. And we're starting to kind of do the cool stuff on our property. We've got a lot to do Yeah, buddy. So uh, if you're listening on the podcasts, uh, we appreciate each and every one of you guys. Remember, check it out on YouTube. We appreciate it if you guys want to listen on the podcast. So we got Spotify, Google, iHeart, Apple Podcasts, RSS.com. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Click like and share, baby. Thank you.